0: This is KISU-FM 91.1 Pocatello, 91.3 Idaho Falls, and now Marty Peterson continues on the City Club of Idaho Falls broadcast, which took place last Friday evening, June 26th.
1: Last week, uh, a week ago Tuesday night, uh, my wife and I were were in New Jersey uh, visiting family, and uh, three years ago at an international conference in Spain, I had met uh, Rene uh, Villarreal, who had been, went to work for Hemingway when he was 10 years old, a uh, little kid, a uh, barefooted kid from San Francisco to Paula, Cuba, uh, lived across from the Hemingway estate, played baseball with Hemingway's sons. Uh, Hemingway hired him on to run errands for him. He worked for Hemingway for 20 years, ultimately running the entire estate for Hemingway. And then after after uh, Hemingway died, and the Cuban government took it over uh, for a number of years, uh, he ran the facility at Fidel Castro's personal request uh, for the Cuban government. Uh, they now live in New Jersey, and uh, uh, we got together with them. They, uh, Renee and 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 his two sons and their wives, put together a phenomenal Cuban party for us. Uh, uh, it was absolutely one of the more memorable dinners that I've been through. But the real treasure of the thing is that Rene has f- folders full of things related to Hemingway that he brought out of Cuba. Uh, photographs of he and Hemingway at cockfights, uh, uh, postcards that he got from Hemingway, uh, just incredible things. And, and spending an evening with him uh, going through those things is, is really pretty remarkable. He has just published a book that he and his son Raúl have have co-authored, called uh, uh, Hemingway's Cuban Son, and it is the most insightful book that I have read into exactly what the day-to-day activities were at Hemingway's house in Cuba and and uh, you know what Hemingway as an individual was was really like. Uh, Now back to the tour. Uh, Every day, Hemingway weighed himself. Uh, He'd go to the bathroom, weigh himself, mark the date, and he's weighed on the wall. Uh, And uh, The bathroom is really pretty remarkable. Uh, There was one wall full of of these notations, and uh, as they started the restoration on the interior of the house, They uncovered another wall full of them that had been painted over years before. And uh, Rene Valerial tells me that when all is said and done, that they should uncover every wall in the bathroom should be completely covered with Hemingway's notations uh, about what he weighed on any given day. Uh, You know, pretty remarkable stuff. and you know the one of the other Idaho connections in the house, on either side of the dining room, from inside of the dining room, as as you look out uh, towards the main part of the house, uh, are the two pronghorn antelope heads, uh, the antelope that he shot up in the Pocaterra Valley, uh, on his hunt that he wrote the article for True Magazine about, uh, the uh, which uh, there have been. Uh, a number of notable Idahoans have, have visited the House, uh, including uh, former Senator Larry Craig, Governor Butch Otter. Uh, the uh, uh, dining room table has, has a setting of Vahia China on it, which uh, the, that is the only place setting of Vahia China. Uh, is China that, that Mary had specifically made for them with their crest on it in, in Venice. Uh, that is the only place setting that remains in Cuba. Uh, I had been told by Bud Purdy that the rest of the set had been shipped to Ketchum, and when Mary unpacked it, it had not been packed well, and everything had shattered, and it was thrown away. Uh, I have now found a ... I, I have read Mary's will, and in fact Mary, in her will, uh, gave that set of china to one of the granddaughters. So. I, I have not talked to her, but I think that that set of china may still exist. Uh, there is Venetian glass uh, uh, that, that Mary brought over with some of the pieces are uh, sitting on the dining room table in Cuba. Uh, the first time that I saw them, I looked at it and I said, you know, if you go into the laundry room of the house in Ketchum and go up in the second shelf in the broom closet and get back behind the detergent boxes the rest of that set of Venetian glass is sitting in that cupboard. Uh, the Polar, Hemingway's fishing boat, uh, is dry docked on top of the tennis court. Uh, and uh, it is a great place for a couple of guys to uh, go have a Cuban cigar and think about what it would have been like to be out with Hemingway on the Pilar. I, uh Cubans would be totally paranoid now if they knew that the uh, the guy that I am standing with enjoying that cigar is a professional staff member for the Senate Intelligence Committee. Um, Anyway, uh, I want to thank you for uh, letting me spend a little time this evening talking to you about Hemingway and Idaho, certainly one of my favorite subjects. And uh, I think we're going to, if there's any time at all left, we can do some questions, whatever. Thank you.
0: That was that was absolutely wonderful. Very, very wonderful. Thank you. Now I know that there are a lot of questions in this room that the avid readers of Hemingway want to ask you. Let's start. You you provided, I think, your theory of of why Hemingway may have taken his life and you attributed it to probably to depression. I recall reading in a Hotchner's biography of Hemingway, one of the more popular ones, that that certainly was his view, but also that Hemingway Hemingway was keenly aware in the last days that he simply could not write anymore, kept complaining to Hotchner. Would that be a basic cause? or, oh, I or, abso- or abso- Absolutely. I, I,
1: it was a direct result of his mental condition because uh, they had given him, you know, in, in that era uh, – you know, the, 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 two, the two great treatments uh, for, for mental problems were lobotomies and shock treatments. And uh, he'd gone to the Mayo Clinic and had shock treatments, and it had had, had a major impact on, on his memory. And his, his uh, you know, Hemingway always said that uh, uh, you should only write about things that you know about. And if you've lost your memory, uh, if you're Ernest Hemingway, it's pretty difficult to write.
0: Now, we all have our favorite Hemingway books and short stories. Share with us a couple of your favorite novels, if you have a a favorite or two, or short stories, and tell us why they stand out in your mind.
1: Well, you know, my my favorite Hemingway writing uh, would would really have to be his short stories. Uh, You know, Hemingway, uh, uh, (coughs) the truth of the matter is, by the time Hemingway was 39 years old, uh, 40 years old, rather, uh, he had published most of his great works. Uh, and uh, the, the short stories, I think, are, are just about as good as it gets. And my favorite short story is, is a two-part short story called Big Two-Hearted River, uh, which is, is uh, one of the Nick Adams stories. Uh, and, and it talks about a fishing trip uh, on, uh, he calls it the Big Two-Hearted River in Upper Michigan. Uh, actually, in, in real life, it's the Fox River in, in Upper Michigan. And uh, Nick Adams has just come back uh, from, from World War I and, and he's trying to put his life back together and he's doing it by going on his on this fishing trip. Uh, if, even if you don't fish, which I'm a fly fisherman, uh, but even if you don't fish, it's uh, a stunning piece of writing. And, and I had several years ago uh, the Ketchum Historical Society asked me to come up on Hemingway's birthday and do a presentation uh, up at the museum in Ketchum. And after the the presentation was over, this this young guy walked up to me, very intense guy with a shaved head and round wire rim glasses, and he said, I need to talk to you. And and I said, let's talk. And he said, we can't talk here. And I said, well, okay, that little side room. I said, let's go there. And he had this great big manila envelope. And uh, we walked into the side room, and there was a table there, and he took that manila envelope, and he turned it over upside down, and he dumped it on the table. And the first thing that I saw was, was you know, the Karsh, photo of, of, uh, uh, this the Karsh photo of Hemingway with the, the turtleneck sweater on. Uh, an original out of Karsh's studio of that photo inscribed by both Hemingway and Karsh. And I thought, you know, this guy's got some stuff. A bunch of snapshots of family vacations with Hemingway out running across the beach. Uh, uh, photos out on the polar, that type of thing. And then there was a copy of short stories, Hemingway short stories. And I opened it up, and it was autographed. And and it turned out this this guy was, his father was George Saviors, who was Hemingway's doctor in Ketchum. And I'm paging through this, and I get to Big Two-Hearted River, and Hemingway had written a marginal note, and it said, this is the best thing I ever wrote, and I, you know, I felt really good. Oh, that. <laughs> well, that's
0: good, good. And and a question back here from John. Go ahead and speak up, John, and then I'll relay it for the ra- for purposes of the radio. Now let, let me repeat that question for the for the listeners on the radio. Uh, John asked. Uh, he heard that on the day that Hemingway took his life, that close friends went to his home and catch that Mary gave to the friends the shotgun with which he took his life and proceeded to cut it up in pieces?
1: That, that you know, as near as I can tell, John, that is a true story. Uh, Bud actually ended up with the pieces and Bud went out no, someplace known only to him and buried them. There is a story that has started circulating lately that in fact the individual that had the cutting torch that uh, uh, cut the shotgun up didn't cut up the shotgun that Hemingway shot himself with, cut up another one, and that the real shotgun is still out there. Uh, I, I kind of view that as urban myth. Uh, I've, I've got to tell you, and, and I tie it in with Hemingway's typewriters. Uh, Hemingway must have owned 100 typewriters. Because every place you go that had anything to do with Hemingway, his typewriter's there. Uh, <laughs> and and I suspect there that may be true with shotguns.
0: Uh, you mentioned that Hemingway uh,
1: often wrote
0: while standing up, as did Thomas Wolfe. Do you know why Hemingway chose to stand up to, to well, write? I,
1: I, I think he just found it to be very comfortable, uh, a, a, a very comfortable way to write. Yep. You know, I don't know. I mean, his writing habits, he wrote standing up, he wrote in the morning. Uh, you know, because... Wrote in the morning because he didn't start drinking until the afternoon, uh, and he was clear-headed. Uh, a, a mixture. He he wrote a mixture of of uh, uh, primarily he wrote longhand, but uh, uh, also did typing. Uh, you know, one of the, one of the things that we are going to miss with the current generation of of writers is that with the advent of word processors, you get the delete button, and you have no idea what an original manuscript looked like. Uh, uh, the radio listeners won't see this, but the people that are, are here saw a, a picture of a page out of For Whom the Bell Tolls. And you could see all of the editing that Hemingway had done on that. And, and that exists for, for every one of his, every one of his manuscripts. Uh, uh, in fact, uh, A Farewell to Arms has, I want to say 14 endings. There are 14 different endings in the Kennedy Library for Farewell to Arms. Uh, You know, with word processors, all that stuff's going to be deleted and it's going to be gone, and that's going to be really unfortunate.
2: Marty, you um, uh, brought to our attention uh, Hemingway's acquaintance with Pete Hill, which was, uh, I think, widely known in a period. Pete was very protective of that relationship and spoke seldomly and, and really very confidentially about it. He didn't ever abuse Hemingway's celebrity but he told me a story once about uh, his experience with Hemingway uh, and another group of friends in Ketchum all of whom were great pals and great drinking buddies and that they had put a bottle of whiskey in a safe at the old First Security Bank at the corner of Sun Valley Road and the Main Street in Ketchum and it was to be uh, enjoyed by the last of them to survive uh, do you know any truth about that story and uh, and was Pete the last survivor?
1: you know the French have a word for that it's called a tontine I think is is that right? Uh, you know I, I would not be surprised uh, but uh, and, and if in fact that happened Bud Purdy would be the last would be the last man standing. Uh, uh, there is. Well, now wait a minute. That's not that's not necessarily true. Uh, Forrest McMullen, Duke McMullen, uh, uh, would have been a part of that as well, and he lives in Las Vegas. Uh, uh, he is he is a friend. I, I get uh, probably twice a year. He calls me up on the phone to chat. Uh, a, a fascinating guy uh, was was also one of the pallbearers at Hemingway's funeral. Uh, Duke left Ketchum in 19. 19- I think and moved to Las Vegas uh, and went to work for uh, the uh, Sands in Las Vegas as a greeter and spent his entire life his entire adult <laughs> life standing out greeting people as they as they came into the casino uh, doesn't have a nickel to his name but has the greatest bunch of stories about people that, 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 that you would ever run into because he'd be down there greeting and all of a sudden Marlena Dietrich would roll into town an old friend of Hemingway's and of course you'd have to go into the sands to, to see McMullen and they'd have to go out on the town together I mean the guy spent a life doing this stuff so the two the two that are still standing are are bud and and Forrest McMullen and yeah I, I will ask him that. that that's a that's a really good a really good question uh, although with Hemingway I find it hard to believe it wouldn't have been Scotch. Uh <laughs> But
0: now Marty I know you're with the Hemingway Foundation and and you have uh, the the rights to all of the unpublished manuscripts and correspondence and you mentioned that there'll be some some publications of this correspondence are there any writings remaining that might ever be placed in publishable form or have we seen the last
1: of Hemingway's writings Well the, the stuff that's left is 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 pretty fragmentary uh, I mean, who knows? I, you know, scholars, of course, would love to see everything published. Uh, but even though even though our foundation owns the rights to all the unpublished works, uh, we would never do any publication activity without the permission of the family. Uh, among other things, it is just dealing with the family's attorneys on, on uh, uh, property rights in spite of the fact that we own them is a very... Very difficult situation, uh, and and who knows? There may be a subsequent generation. Once Pat Hemingway dies, who's the last remaining son? Uh, you know, there may be members of the family that won't feel so strongly about the fact that, that incomplete works shouldn't be published. Uh, the uh, uh, at the book table over there, uh, they have the two editions of True at First Light that have come out in the last four years. The first edition uh, was published by Scribner's. Uh, it was Hemingway's uh, uh, manuscript about his last African safari. And then uh, two years ago, the Hemingway Foundation published an edition that is, is, is the complete manuscript, unedited. Uh, and uh, if you look on the book table over there, the complete manuscript is the hardbound one. The uh, uh, edited version is, is the paperback. Uh, yeah, there, there are things there. Uh, you know, if you've ever read Garden of Eden, uh, you know, I think the, the, the complete manuscript for the Garden of Eden runs something like three times as long as, as what the published edition runs. And, and there is some talk about perhaps taking some of the books that have already been published and maybe publishing editions that include complete manuscripts. Good. One more question back here. Yes, please.
0: Good. Let me repeat that question for the sake of our radio listeners, which, by the way, you should know, the program will be rebroadcast on KISU Monday at 6 p.m. by our friends at KISU. Marty, the question is, we understand your direct involvement in the preservation of the home here in Ketchum and in Cuba. Do you have a role with the with respect to the preservation of
1: the home in Key West? The uh, home in Key West is a private privately owned home. Uh, It is open to the public, it is maintained as a tourist site, Uh, it is maintained as a for-profit tourist site. Uh, And as a result they have done uh, often what is necessary to attract the best crowds through the gate that they can attract. Uh, About three or four years ago Pat Hemingway, uh, Pat and Carol Hemingway, Ernest's surviving son, Pat and Carol live up in Bozeman, and they decided to go down and visit the home in Key West because Pat grew up in that home. Uh, That home had been a gift to uh, Ernest and his second wife, uh, Pauline Pfeiffer from Pauline's Uncle Gus Pfeiffer, uh, had had given that to them, and and, uh, Pat and, and his brother had grown up in that house. And he hadn't been back in it since the family had sold it. So he contacted the people that own it, told them that he, uh, they were coming down to Key West and, and would like to come through. Well, naturally, owners were delighted. And Pat and Carol arrive in Key West, and they've got a rental car, and they decide to drive by the house. And they drive by the house, and there is a huge banner that says, Welcome Patrick Hemingway, Ernest Hemingway's sole <laughs> surviving son. And uh, so he and Carol talked it over and decided that uh, they would come in unannounced and not tell anybody who they were and take the public tour. And uh, they took the public tour, and Carol wrote a wonderful piece uh, for the Hemingway Review, uh, the Journal of the Hemingway Society, on touring the Key West House and – what is correct and what is not correct about what is said about the house. And if any of you have ever been through the Key West house, uh, they've got this big deal on six-toed cats. Uh, Pat says Hemingway never owned a cat in Key West. They never had a cat there. They had cats in Cuba, they had cats in Ketchum, but they never had cats in Key West. Uh, they got a penny that's sunk out in the swimming pool that says... You know, the line is that Hemingway told Paulette that, you know, his last penny was going to go into building a swimming pool or something. No. Uh, there's a toilet there that's a fountain out, uh, uh, you know, by the swimming pool. And they do not remember that there was ever a fountain there, that, a toilet that had been made into a fountain. So, you know, and, and there's also supposedly some original, there's a, a, a Picasso cat there, a piece of ceramic sculpture. Uh, which uh, Pat says he'd never seen in his life. The other thing that he says is that all of the original furniture of the house uh, uh, got invaded by, by uh, uh, tropical wood-boring, wood burrowing worms. And he said that uh, they ultimately took all of the furniture of the house out and, and had it burned. Uh, so there is no original furniture left in the house either. But uh, all of that said, it is the house that Hemingway lived in in Key West, and, uh, uh, you know, it is uh, certainly better than nothing. Marty, we want to
0: extend our appreciation to you. This has been a wonderful, illuminating discussion of Ernest Hemingway in Idaho. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. And and please accept from us a history of Idaho Falls in Bonneville County. Thanks again very much. Thank you. And, ladies and gentlemen, I invite you to browse the table of Hemingway Books. And remember, for our listeners, you can listen to this wonderful presentation again 6 o'clock Monday on KISU Radio. Thank you, Jerry Miller. Thank you all. And
1: when is the next City Club Forum?
0: This next City Club Forum is in August, August the 20th, in which we feature Congressman Mike Simpson. And we'll look forward to seeing you all there. Thank you very much for coming. Good night. That was the City Club of Idaho Falls airing the final Monday of each month right here on KISU.